0: They don't want to see us when they don't want to see, they don't want to see, they don't want to see us (laughs) when they don't want to see, they don't want to see. I don't drink lean, I don't pop pills I just hustle hard and I stack good right. Class good right. with a backwood I changed up when they snatched up uh-huh. I ain't uh-huh. have no role models They just rap good or they track good Teacher said I won't be shit If this don't work then I'm the trackwood <laughs> I had work, I had to give it back Young nigga, I ain't into that Wonder why these niggas hating on me Maybe cause I'm really living that No rolling, just some rubber bands I'm the king of the summer uh-huh. man I'm just trying to get this money But I hold the floor up like I'm brother man I ain't never seen a hundred grand whole million in the duffel man. But I've been inside the band, though. Roaches on the side of Ruffles Bag. Gang, gang, that's a celebration. Couple neutral and a couple banging. Don't have it on you just to have it on you. you backing out and ain't no hesitating. When I was young, I had no motivation. Punching niggas over conversation. Now I'm popping a couple dollars inside of my pocket. Got all of these shakes Money, You can copy what I'm rocking, but not how I'm rhyming. Nobody can copy greatness. Try and stop me, I'ma spot some niggas. Made a peace be with you. I'll like alaikum, little nigga. They don't want to see you winning Nah They don't want to see us winning Nah They don't want to
1: see you
2: winning okay. Nah They don't want to see us winning Hello, hello, hello This is Champagne Sharks This is Trevor on Twitter You can find me at Ricky Rawls R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S We have with us, D Mills
3: What's up everybody, it's D Mills You can catch me on Twitter At MDMills79 And I'm glad to be back Let's get busy.
2: And we have Mike.
4: Hey, everybody. This is Mike. I'm glad to be back in the place to be with my brothers and with all of you. And you can find me on Twitter at Black Exception One. Let's do it.
2: Okay, great. And just going to do the house cleaning. We have... The Patreon, $5 a month, you get double the episodes. You get the backlog of episodes. It's a great deal. Go to patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks and do that there. You will be happy. Go, if you can't do that, the next best thing is to tell all your friends about the show. Tell your enemies about the show. Tell your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, brother, sister, mother, daughter, whatever. Let them know about the show. That's another great thing you can do. Um, Also, a reminder, go on the show notes for the episodes, because a lot of times we have links to the show notes. Because I see sometimes people ask, hey, what was the book you mentioned? Or what was this? Or can you elaborate on that? And
3: Just remember that there's show notes to every show and there's always. uh... I was going to say also, man, shout out to everybody that uh, checked out the Champagne Sharks Reddit page, man. uh, You guys are in there. I've made a couple of appearances. Mike has made a couple of appearances. T's been in there and uh, you guys asked some good questions. And You know, let's let's continue to grow that thing man. we can interact with each other a little bit. Um, you can ask your questions. I know a couple of people were asking me about um, some of my some of the stuff that I do, um, working inside of the schools and things like that. And um, I just wanted to tell everybody. I will discuss that uh, in a future episode. I plan to to really go in depth about that. It's just so much stuff that you know it's hard to to form uh, coherent thoughts about it off the cuff. But you know, once I. Once I take my time and really kind of just put everything together, I don't want to do it haphazardly, but uh, I will do that. And, you know, me and T and Mike will will hopefully uh, sometime in the near future, knock that out and just have a real solid discussion just about the school system in general, how white supremacy is allowed to kind of fester in the public school system, how it's perpetuated there and uh, some of the things that we can do to change it. And then some of the things that, um, you know, it may take revolutionary action to change, you know, because I don't, Well, we'll get into that when we talk about it, but yeah. So thanks to everybody for, uh, asking your questions, man. And, you know, join us in yeah, there. Let's make and this let's a big old
4: family uh, affair. You know, these right? Uh, it is growing, and uh, we definitely do appreciate. I appreciate it, and we all appreciate it. And
2: uh, yeah, I read it, but I haven't um, actually yeah. uh, chimed in really because I was like, if we're uh, this is what I was thinking. If we're in there too much, you know, then people might not use it to. Uh, be too honest because then you know yeah. I always worry if we we're, we're too present it's going to affect the tone of okay it. Mm. so you know I plan to uh pop in I'm, I'm on the fence about that what, what do you guys think well, and it's, so, it's, you know, so,
4: the- it's so it's at that nascent point right now you know and I don't know how <laughs> how <we're, laughs> I don't know how we're gonna you know I don't know how it's gonna evolve it seems like when when when, when uh, D Mills and I started interacting, I, I started to see a little bit of life in there. I don't, you know, I've never really done a Reddit or been on a subreddit or whatever, so I'm not really familiar with that whole area. So,
2: so so, so you know what I do? I'm going to I'm going to pop in too and uh, write a post and say and say hello, you know, uh, and see see how that goes. What's that? I didn't hear you.
3: Yeah, I thought you had been in there already.
2: I um, I read it and stuff, but you know, I didn't really oh. um chime in chime in like that yet. But um, I want to do a quick thing. I'm not going to go in on this because we've again talked about it too much. But another article <laughs> came out this time on this time on CNN. Um, and I'm just going to read the title.
4: <laughs>
2: the Black Panther is for film what Barack Obama was for the presidency. And all I want to say is I've never seen a title that was so correct, but for none of the reasons that the author uh, intended. It's <laughs> hot. Yeah, it's, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say, because, you know, yeah. you guys we beat that horse. Author, no. Silly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Everybody knows how we feel about both, about both of them. But I'm just going to put that into the show notes for, for uh, laughs. But yeah, everyone knows how we feel about the whole Obama and Black Panther. So yeah, that was very, uh, that was very, that was very apt. But yeah, um, what I did want to talk about was the thing that we have been putting off for quite a while now, and we're finally going to uh, talk about it. And This article came out like a while ago. We kept meaning to talk about it, but we did not get to it because we always got derailed talking about something else. So I'm looking at the date of the article now. It's January 11th. We're on like the one month anniversary of the article because it's like February 11th now and we're finally getting to it. But there was an article done on Huffington Post, Black Voices. And it said, within one week, four black lesbians were murdered and it says, advocates say that the December, 2017 homicides highlight the increase in violence against LGBTQ communities. So they show pictures of these four black lesbians. And I wanted to talk about this article because this is something that I see a lot of people repeat uncritically. You know, this whole, um, there's this outbreak of Black trans people dying. There's an outbreak of Black lesbian violence. There's an outbreak of, you know, this and that. And I think there's something kind of disingenuous about how it's presented. And I think a lot of times um, different groups like to use Black people as kind of like surrogates to push their issue along. So I wanted to dissect this article a little bit to kind of show how this works. So in this article there, when you actually look at the article and one thing that was heartening to me is a lot of people on Twitter kind of responded to this article saying, uh, none of these women got killed <laughs> because they were lesbians, you know, which, yeah, which the, uh, Article like leaves out, which is an important thing. Yeah,
4: they uh, no. I think then they mention it like kind of like as a throwaway sentence in one of the paragraphs, or like the motives is really not known. But and then they go, but and they proceed to erase that sentence with more hyperbole about the you know rates of lesbian, gay, transgender violence victims. Actually, you know what? This article is short enough.
2: I can just read it. It's a, it's a, it's a short, it's not, it's not a long article. So uh, we can see right now. So it says, Alada Crowell was a 36 year old behavioral health caseworker and mother of one child who lived with her partner in Florida. Two weeks ago, Crowell became the fourth black lesbian whose brutal slaying made headlines at the end of December, 2017. The murders are not connected and the cases have yet to make it through the criminal justice system. Still, there is a thread of similarity running through They've been LGBTQ advocacy groups say they are among a growing number of tragedies they're tracking. We have been seeing an increase in violence against members of the LGBTQ community since the end of the presidential election cycle. So not a blaming it kind of like on Trump on top of everything else. Beverly Tillery, the, ex- the executive director of New York City Action Violence Project, told HuffPost, Anti-LGBTQ, immigrant, and people of color rhetoric was really being kicked up at that time, and it certainly has continued with President Donald Trump's administration to the reset. So now they're kind of making it seem like all this hateful talk from Donald Trump is uh, causing this, right? Mm-hmm. Sue, Yak- Sue Yakub Bible, director of communications at GLAD, told HuffPost the homicides are "quote incredibly alarming." End quote. It's both That's deeply troubling. Hand, right? Sue Bible. Yeah, Yaka, I know, right? Yaka Bible? Sue, yeah, Yaka Bible hyphenated. Uh, the second part after the hyphen is Bible, like, as in biblical. It's a very okay. interesting name. Yeah. It's both deeply troubling and a tremendous tragedy for the LGBTQ community, she said. So, like, now you're thinking, man, what's with these hate crimes or something, right? right. So, then, so then they start talking about them individually. Collada Crowell and Kyra Inglet. On December 28th, police in West Palm Beach responded to several 911 calls about a shooting that occurred on the 800 block of Third Street. Responding officers found Crowell dead inside her home. Her 11 year old daughter, Kyra Inglet, was found outside the residence. The mother and daughter had just been shot according to police. Kyra did not immediately succumb to injuries It was not until the following day that police announced she died at a local hospital. Collada was the sweetest person, Robin Denson told the Palm Beach Post. She was my girlfriend and that was our home. Denson's son, 26-year-old Marlon Joseph, was named a suspect in the killings. He reportedly moved in with the couple some 10 months earlier after serving time behind bars for battery on a child. According to a probable cause affidavit, Joseph and Crowell had been arguing during the day about the fact that Kyra Inglot had a bad attitude and was not getting along with the other children who lived in the home. Cops tracked down Joseph on January 2nd and arrested him on two counts of first-degree murder. He's being held in jail without without bond. So so this thing was about because they had a family squabble about a bad attitude yeah. and not getting a along. A
4: domestic situation, with basically.
2: Yeah. So what did any of that have to do with this, all these quotes they had from all these different advocacy groups? Because to reiterate what was said, so you don't have to uh, uh, rewind the episode. But, you know, they said we've been seeing an increase in violence against members of the LGBT community since the end of the presidential cycle. What did Donald yeah. Trump say that caused these people to
4: fight? You know, yeah, well, That's the implication that 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 this is an anti-gay crime.
2: That's an anti-gay crime and that Donald Trump's America is to blame. Like, like you know, he was watching a Trump rally and he got, like, hyped up or something. Like, like this has nothing to do with um, either of these things, right? So I saw that I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's just one story. So let's go to the next one. Brandy Mells, Shanta Shanice, and Jeremiah Myers. On the same day, December 28th, and they're going all over America to make these points, right? Like, so it's not even a, a certain community. So they went from Palm Beach, Florida. They need to reach. And, and I just want to, like,
4: you know, before you in you, I just kind of want to uh, state for the record that this shit is tragic as fuck, what happened to these people and these kids. But, you know, we're, and we're not making light of that. You know? So yes, yes. just take that, you know, just take that, as you know a fact that we're not making light of the situation that happened and these people got murdered but what we're taking shots at is this implication that they're making about you know this increasing violence against lgbt people based on trump rhetoric and anti homosexual feelings
2: Yes. And I think as we go on, that's going to become uh, more clear okay. as well. But, but, but I'm glad that you um, put that out there because you're right. Some people might jump to conclusions about what we're trying to say. Um, this one is in upstate New York the same day. Uh, cops in upstate New York released the identity of identities of two adults and two children found dead two days earlier in a Troy apartment. Shanta Myers, 36, her partner Brandy Mills, 22, and Myers, two children, Five-year-old Shanice Myers and 11-year-old Jeremiah Myers had been dead for about five days before their bodies were discovered, police said. The victim's feet were bound and their throats slit, the Albany Times Union reported. At a press conference, Troy Police Chief John Tedesco described the quadruple slayings as horrific and an act of savagery. Um, On January 5th, a Rensselaer County grand jury indicted two suspects, James White, 38, and Justin Mann, 22, on multiple counts, including murder, robbery, and possession of stolen property. The indictment alleges the men were committing a burglary when they killed the women and children. They made off with an Xbox and a TV, the indictment states. White and men have pleaded not guilty. They are being held without bail, pending their next court appearance. So first off, they erased two children. You know, like black people died, not just black lesbians. Yeah, Two black lesbians, two black kids. They pretty much step over the bodies of the two children to...
4: You're the two children in off. that story and the one child in the uh, first story.
2: Yes. So
4: basically ignoring
2: black children who died in all these stories, that's three black children, to uh, cherry pick um, the,
4: the lesbian. The sexual identities of two, well, three of the, three of the other victims out of the total so far... We have six victims. Three of them were lesbians, and three of them were children.
2: Yeah, and these people clearly do not care whose
4: identity we don't know.
2: Yeah, these people clearly do not care about. um, These people clearly do not care about uh, black people.
4: No, it's an agenda. We're starting to see a pattern here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, they're just picking what they want. Okay, now this person, this was a burglary. And they don't say if the people even knew the people. There's nothing here that says any that has to do with Trump or anything. This is just a, uh, a murder robbery. And there's nothing that says that they knew or cared that they were lesbians. The last story, this is the fourth lesbian, Carice Lewis. Um, this one, they haven't arrested anybody yet. It says, again, on that same day, December 28th, the death count climbed, right? Cops in Washington, D.C., it's night jumped to Washington, D.C., responded to a report of gunfire on Adrian Street that evening. Upon arrival at the scene, they found a vehicle engulfed in flames. After the fire was extinguished, police found the body of 23-year-old Carice Lewis inside the trunk. Lewis had been shot multiple times, but was was reportedly still alive when the vehicle was set ablaze. Witnesses told police they heard her screaming as she tried to escape the burning vehicle. Mercedes Rulak told WJLA News that Lewis was her ex-girlfriend and best friend. No matter what, she still loved me and my son, Rulak said. Authorities and... Said Lewis Slane could be connected to two others that occurred that day. Uh, police are offering a reward up to mm. 25,000 for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of a suspect. So um, when I went and looked at, um, when I went and looked at the three people who died that day, it's just three, they linked to another story from The Washington Post. This is related to, that Carice Lewis burning the car. This story says yeah. three friends were killed on a single day in the D.C. D- 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 area. Police think the cases may be linked. So it turns out one is a man named uh, William Sharp. Wait, well, no, 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 he was a grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a grandfather. I'm sorry. There was a grandfather, but... Um, so... So basically, three people who are friends, um one is Ronze Green, mm-hmm. right? Who uh, um who was arrested three days earlier and charged with first degree murder. And then um I'm having trouble making sense of this. Um the, yeah, so the first of three victims was shot outside um a 7 Eleven, his name was Ronze uh, Green. And he was arrested three days.
4: There's this guy named Whitaker who was arrested for shooting Ron Zay Green. Uh, oh, okay. oh, I
2: see. Now I see. So Whitaker was arrested, with, was charged with uh, shooting Ronze Green. Okay. And then um, someone
1: hours I, after Green was yeah. shot,
2: the second victim was found. And this victim was somebody named Armani Nico Coles and he was, he was also um, died at the hospital. And then um, there was this girl, um, Carice, Carice Green. Lewis. Yeah, Carice Lewis. I'm messing up everything. And she was uh, some social media friends with Green. And they were saying that um, they might be connected. So, two non gay people who were male. Died, or the saying might be um, connected with this. So we have no idea whether she was shot because she was a lesbian or what. Especially if there were three people total who were uh, shot.
4: Well, you know, from a, from there was an article about 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 her and her grandfather mentioned her and her being in some troubles before with the, with the law and whatnot, and um, you know, keeping weird company and. You know, we don't know what happened. So I don't really want to try to kick dirt on the lady's name, but it sounds like she might have been involved in some shady stuff and she was hanging out with people that were involved in shady stuff. And, you know, some shit happened. We don't know what, but we don't also equally, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's no that it was because she was gay. Yeah. So to throw that out there, you know, three people, three people all associated together were all shot within hours of each other and murdered. And it might've turned out good that we waited
2: to do this episode because just today, I just Googled and they arrested somebody in connection with her. Um, oh, death. really? Um, they, arrested, they arrested someone named Ashton Briscoe, also 23 and charged him with first degree murder while armed. Police did not reveal the motive for the murder or the relationship between the suspect and the victim. So we still, um, and they also mentioned the other two people that, um, that died, they say might be, um, connected. So, so we still have no, um, idea what happened, but basically we still, we still don't know, um, we still don't know why she was shot. But so none of these people, nothing to do with Trump, nothing had to do with, um, them being queer that we know of. Um, There's one that is a maybe, but it's skeptical based on the two men who also she was involved with who got shot on the same day from the same town. And what all these things have in common is that black men were responsible for the killing. So I think it also serves that purpose Mm -hmm. because it helps kind of fuel a narrative of black homophobia. They show the mugshots of all the black men you know, so now you're thinking, OK, there's a story where they say four black lesbians were killed. Then they show all these black male mugshots doing the killing, you know, and they're talking about uh, they have all these LGBT groups. Like, why did you even go and interview these LGBT groups? None of them were even from the cities that these people were shot in. And none of these had to do with, um, you know, them being gay. Like, why didn't you go to black groups and say, hey, NAACP? What do you think about this and all the other black um, uh, deaths that happen or whatever? Like, you know, these people are kind of like taking stuff that happens to black people and making this kind of um, fake gay connection to it when they don't really care, which is what really they're using us.
4: Yeah, these people like exactly, because, you know. Like you said, where was where were they where were they where were they from?
2: Um that's the location. That's what I'm going to um get to uh next. And you know, I'll even um uh, give you guys uh actually if you look in the email there's like different links, but one one is from um a Lago, right? Um
4: and Mar a Lago, oh, oh where Trump where Trump has his little golf?
2: Yeah, and right? this is this is a story uh from 2017, February 2017, talking about Mar-a-Lago. It was an NBC News, and this article says Trump always calls out Chicago, but city closest to Mar-a-Lago had comparable crime rate in 2015. It didn't happen in Mar-a-Lago, but it happened in a place near Mar-a-Lago, which is the subject of this article, oh. um, West Palm, West Palm yeah, right. Beach. And this is what the article says. Oh yeah. The city of West Palm Beach, which sits just across intercoastal high waterway from Trump's palatial Mar-a-Lago resort, a.k.a. the Winter White House, on exclusive Palm Beach, had a violent crime rate in 2015 that was equal to that of the Windy City, according to federal crime records. There were 23 homicides Hmm. in the city of just 104,919 residents. And the rate of violent crime, which also includes rapes, robberies, and aggravated assaults, was nine for every one thousand residents, the same as far bigger Chicago records show. So that's um, West Palm Beach, and I and I also Googled um, the crime rates for West Palm Beach on um, real estate maps, the ones that they use to um, to evaluate places you want to move or buy property, and you know they had. Uh, West Palm Beach annual crimes 960 violent, which for their population size is a lot against property, 5,656. And the crime index, right, on a scale of one to 100, right, West Palm Beach, with 100 being the safest, West Palm Beach is has a crime index of three, meaning. Mm-hmm safer than three percent of u.s cities damn so so black people are just dying there not because they're gay it's just black people dying like people just die there a lot so the amount of black death they had to ignore to um cherry pick this one black lesbian and then you know just say hey you know they're getting they're getting black lesbians everyone's against black lesbians like like it's it's so disrespectful because also think about how many being that you know and divisive it's divisive, but think about how many of those people were probably black men that died just knowing how Biden crime works yeah. usually men what well, if you take about if you
4: think about the statistics, the overwhelming majority of them were probably men,
2: yeah, because it's usually men against men that's usually no matter what no, no yeah. matter what the race um
4: but that doesn't matter though because you know, hey they're all they're the majority of the perpetrators and the majority of the victims. So for some reason that just, it's a wash for them, now, but the, the, the few far and few between LGBT victims are the real story. And now Troy, New York, um, using the
2: same, uh, real estate, uh, site, right. Has, um, 374 violent mm-hmm. crimes, uh, which, and it's not a very popular place. Up, anyone who goes to upstate New York knows, um, 1919 crimes against property, its crime rate per thousand is only slightly less than West Palm Beach. It's seven point five two as opposed to West Palm Beach eight point eight eight. And in its crime index rating, with the hundred being the safest, is seven. It's only safer than seven percent of US cities. Right? So they're just taking people from places where people are just where black people are just dying. All the time, yeah. where there's real problems, and this
4: is True. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and 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 this is a black issue. This is an issue that is um, has to do with black people. Now, the the third crime, the one where she was in a car, they mentioned it was in the 800 block of Southeast Washington, um, 800 block of a certain street. So I did a search. Well, I did a search for that address. I found the address. I did a search for it. It's in um, an area of Washington DC called Southeast, right? And I looked mm-hmm. at the, I looked at the crime map. I tracked down the, the block, and I looked up Southeast Washington DC on Wikipedia. Right? It says um, in in past years the quadrant was known by some Washington DC. metropolitan area residents as being plagued by a high crime rate relative to the rest of the city. For example, 14 years ago, the, the Washington Post reported that rock attacks on public buses were so common that buses were instructed to wear safety goggles while traversing the quadrant. So the buses had the bus drivers had to wear protective gear. In this part, in this wow. part of town, now, now, listen to the next part. Demographics. This is in the Wikipedia. The population of southeast is predominantly black. However, the African American population is concentrated southeast of the Anacostia River. The areas northwest of the Anacostia rivers are majority white. The portions of the quadrant southeast of the Anacostia. Uh, rivers are tree lined and neighborly, although shopping, dining are limited. Um like like it's tree lined. It's one of those like suburban hoods, it's tree lined and neighborly, but there's no like shopping, yeah. there's no dining, yeah. there's no entertainment or cultural options. You have to go somewhere else to get all that stuff. Now, the block where this girl was shot and then trapped in the burning car is southeast of the Anacostia River the predominantly black part that the Wikipedia says. So basically all four people died in predominantly black crime-ridden areas. So these gay groups are going and just stepping over scores of black bodies to kind of pick, cherry pick four lesbians from three totally disparate locations to manufacture this um, fake black lesbian crisis while also like demonizing like, you know, these kind of black men painting them as homophobic when the murders weren't motivated by homophobia and ignoring actual black problems. Like why are these black neighborhoods doing so bad? What's happening? Why is there so much crime? Why are they so poor? They're all wrapped in poverty.
4: Yeah, you, I notice a lot of liberals do want to kind of, especially nowadays, for some reason, they just really want to focus on black women, black gays, you know, to to you know highlight the tragedies that's going on with them, as opposed to the overall community, which you know is is racially based, as opposed to you know a uh, gender or sexuality based. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's all it's all like you said. It's all about you know, racial demographics, all that other stuff is incidental.
3: So one of the things that I was thinking about as you, I was listening to you guys talking was the fact that, you know, there's a lot of um, monies that are being handed out um, to various groups who talk about these issues in the era of Black Lives Matter and things like that. So I'm thinking maybe it could be that these people are trying to capitalize on some of that and get some funding and things like that, because I know a lot of people talk about how white uh Gay LGBT groups and a lot of white uh, women groups do that type of thing where they get funding and things like that. And they'll they'll kind of pick certain little things that are going on within certain communities or certain parts of industry or what have you. And then kind of isolate those things and put them on a microscope. And then next to you, you they're getting funding and things like that. And I know Black Lives Matter was able to kind of work that hustle, too. So I'm thinking maybe that's what this is. You know, they want to isolate some of these uh, these crimes and then try to act like there's an epidemic so that they can get some some bread out of it, man.
2: Yeah, I think there's probably that too. I mean, it gets them some attention, it gets them some um, it gets them some money, you know, because because you kind of need to have a certain type of crisis to help get you know funding. So, and this Mm -hmm. is not to um, say that. Uh, gay people don't... don't yeah, not to minimize it, the problem, say that they don't have problems, because sometimes when I bring up stuff like this, people try to claim that I'm saying gay people don't face discrimination or that they're making up right. discrimination. Right. I'm not saying that there's not real hate crimes or stuff happening to gay people. We're I'm just saying, saying that this, particular this particular article truth. is just a bad right. fact article because it's ignoring black crime epidemics and Black victimization. I mean, to the point where you're leaving kids who died in the room out of the story just to um, create a fake uh, narrative that you get to interview these gay groups about and give them some shining, because this is some attention to those groups as as well. Like, you know, this, this is... Um, it's a pretty... Um, bad article and like I said you can just look up all the towns where this stuff happens look up the blocks where um, these things happen check the crime rates I did, I it didn't take that long so I know I know reporters can do it I just did it with a quick Google
3: I will say that like a lot of those some of that stuff you read like shooting a person and putting them in the trunk of a burning car a lot of that does kind of sound like crimes where some type of passion was involved and, you know, like, that's crazy like in the street game, you don't really hear about people getting shot and stuff like that. When you start locking them and you know putting them in a burning car and all that kind of stuff, man, that scene yeah. indicates a, there's a little more to the to the situation than
4: uh, just. Especially when you tie in the fact that two of their other associates died under similar circumstances. Right, right. One of them was one of them was blasted outside of a Seven Eleven. The other one was shot in a vehicle and pushed from the moving vehicle to die later at a hospital. Like this, don't sound like. You know something that's just wait wait to me sounds know.
2: like yeah to me sounds like one of three things like what what you said about the passion the other thing is like a retaliation for something like you know like when well, yeah that's a like,
4: passion you know oh, yeah, passion, yeah. like revenge like a yeah. revenge thing like like them three were involved and maybe like well well I ain't gonna talk about that but I've you know situations where like maybe a few people got together and robbed somebody mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that, yeah. and they know who did it, and then you see the repercussions, right. and they he got all three of them. Yeah, yeah that's passion. That's a that's, that's yeah, hot yeah. blooded. That was gonna
2: be that was gonna be a third thing I said was was money too, which overlaps with that. Like like that's a send a message murder. Like to me, murders like that are, are right. you're trying to send a message. Like this is what happens to who crosses me. Like that, that's that kind of murder. They weren't just trying to kill them. They were. Trying to m- make a message with them like that's a very
3: strange, uh, strange thing. So yeah, that detail is kind of glossed over. <laughs> they kind yeah. of glossed over that that uh, detail. They didn't like,
4: even really th- mention it in that article. They linked yeah. they linked to another article where that 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 kind of delved into it further. But that Huff Post article, they didn't even really delve into that at
2: all. Yeah, yeah. You have to click the link to the Washington Post. So in this, we have three children who died and two Black men who all died in the same day, December 28th. And two of the Black men were uh, acquaintances of, you know, that final lesbian, Carice Lewis, and they died in the same town, like very, very close. I looked at the addresses. So, you know, they weren't just ignoring... All the black people who got hurt in the area, they were ignoring black people who got killed in the same rooms, in the same social circle, in the same day, in the same uh, couple of block radius, you know. And
4: and this is why it kind of annoys. They had to make an effort to do that. Yes. I mean, you had to make an effort to do that. You couldn't just uh, inadvertently, especially with the with with any of them. With, with the with the kids that well they kind of like as a throwaway mention them but then you go into this whole thing about their sexuality and that's the thing that I have a problem with and I'm probably gonna get in trouble I, I don't know but this is just me I'm speaking for myself with a lot of this you know LGBT thing it's just like you want you want their they want their uh sexual orientation to supersede everything else. And it's like most people don't think about that, and we don't have to for obvious reasons. But still, it's like for you to interject that into situations where it don't belong, it creates a certain like a feeling in me where I just don't want to even care about where you know what you're talking about. Well, it's especially the fact that
2: there is a much bigger, deeper problem there, where because where you don't even have to go down to that level because what do What do all these people have in common that's unavoidable is that they're all Black. They all live in poor, crime-ridden areas. Like So between race and class, you have two undeniable aspects that are right there before you even get down to the gay part, which is not listed as a motive in any of these things. You know you know what I mean? Like um
4: yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're injecting yeah. it into into a into a story that doesn't need it. It doesn't belong it doesn't belong here in this story. Like you said there's you know, you could talk about class, you could talk about race. You know, you could talk about poverty, you could talk about well, I guess we say poverty class. Whatever. Yeah. But is there so much other things that you could talk about besides the, the sexual orientation of half the victims, that the, the known victims. I mean, the known orientation of half the victims.
2: And if there was some kind of disproportionate murder of, like, Black lesbians, like, they were in some place where Black straight people weren't dying as much or more, you know, and it was just Black lesbians. And on top of that, people were even articulating, like, you know, anti-gay stuff. Then, yeah, I'm totally with you, making that narrative, you know, like I have no problem with you advancing your rights. But part of the problem for me too with this is the reciprocity because if you go online, if you see these um like a lot of these woke college educated uh, black people, these Black Lives Matter people, they're always um kind of caping for the gay cause. They could never they could never talk about black issues without bringing in um, gay mistreatment. Like, for example, even that Cornell student thing that happened where those Cornell black students got attacked or something happened to them and then those mm-hmm. Cornell students wrote this, like, manifesto, the Black Student Union um, making demands. They had this long segment about uh, also, you know, black gays and black transsexuals and we have to do... And, and you know, it was one of those uh, lift all boats thing and it's like, wait, why is it even in there when this isn't a gay incident? Why are you, tr- like, stay focused. I think, I think you said that uh, during the episode. Uh, you said yeah. we can never uh, stay focused. We can never stay focused when it's going to our stuff. You go on the Black Lives Matter um, website. If anybody goes to blacklivesmatter.com, look at the mission statement. It's, like, equally divided with, um, you know, gay stuff. But meanwhile these gay people are hyper-focused on themselves. Like, like, like you said, it's not inadvertent. The amount of things they have to ignore, you can't possibly, you can't passively make this mistake. You have to be going in on a mission and an agenda. I mean, they're yeah. stepping over dead black bodies in the room to um, advance their cause. Children's bodies. like Baby. Three, baby victims. Mm. Yeah, three children die and you're talking about the three lesbians,
4: and, it, that yeah. That, let's talk about the uh, disproportional number of children that are victims of violence as compared to you know anybody else in society. Yeah, it's, it's I, I would like to see those type of numbers, but they didn't even bother to yeah. you know dig that. Deep, you know,
3: oh, we don't uh, ignore uh, that.
4: Oh, you don't want to? No, you don't want to talk about that. Oh. You know why? Because it ain't gonna be black men. Because it ain't going to be black men.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, that's the other thing with this narrative is all the mugshots of black men that they put in here. And, and it's, it's, this is what kind of bothers me because a lot of like uh, these woke people, um, they kind of make a choice and they, a lot of times they choose their um, sexuality over their race and it shows in how little outrage there was from the usual circles. Over this article, because you know, if it was something that they could paint as uh, just action black men,
4: some type of erasure, some type of erasure of like, if there was an article where there was an erasure of their sexuality, an obvious erasure of their sexuality or their gender, you know, this would so be black women, They would, yeah. they would have yeah scorched the, the whole
2: thing. Yeah, they're all about erasure when it comes to like you know gender or sexuality, but we, this article clearly is the erasure of black, and they are just like, um, right, whatever, it's fine. It's cool. Like, you know, the best they could do, right, is just not signal boost the article. Because, you know, to some level, they have to realize the article was fucked up, because normally this is the article they would have shouted from the tops, so, you know, and I think, you know, they realize, oh, man, this article is kind of junk. There's no... Morus, so they didn't actually push the article, but they didn't do what they would have done with, with other types of erasure, which is totally drag the piece all over um, Twitter, like complaining about how it erased um, black people and black and black murder and the black condition. It's um. Uh, it's a really uh, shady article. And this is not new because
4: uh, they did the same thing. A couple- typical from the liberals. Typical, yeah. from, typical from liberal no, media. Very, it's very ty- typical.
2: They did the same thing with Jamaica. They did the thing where they were talking about... And before anybody says it, I'm not saying that Jamaica doesn't have a homophobia problem. It does. That's not even something we going to try to pretend. is not a real phenomenon. They do have a homophobia problem. But they were... Um, did you say Jamaica? Yeah, Jamaica,
4: but 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 they
2: were they were going through this whole um, campaign a couple years ago talking about these murders of um, gay people in Jamaica. But all the towns and areas that they were focusing on were places with runaway murder rates in general. And it's like, okay, American white mm -hmm. gays are making are putting in news and causing human rights campaigns and the state to get the state department to, you know, uh, demonize, uh, Jamaica for murdering gay people. But there's people dying there like crazy in these areas where this happened. And, um, you're fine with that. You know, it's, 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 it's these, the reciprocity is not there. And that's kind of the problem I have with how our activism now is split like five ways with immigrants, with um gender, with sexuality. And meanwhile, all these groups have their own advocacy groups that are constantly bringing us up. You know, you don't see like, you don't see like the Latinos when they're doing yeah. their um DACA stuff saying, by the way, don't get, you know, a lot of immigrants are black, you know, and you have to, Remember black people. Remember black people. Remember black people. What about black people. You know, a lot of Latinos are black. Black. They're not doing that. You know, and so so forth and so forth. Never. Yeah,
4: only ones you see doing that are are other black people. Those are the only ones you ever see and want to want to try to make this kind of broad engagement of every. You no, know, every specific yeah. category. Everybody. You know what I mean? It's like, okay.
2: Yeah. When they when they do use us, it's in this thing where, okay, like this, this is an example of gay people mentioning black people, but they're not mentioning them because they're black. They're mentioning them because they're gay. They're just using the fact that, hey, you know, a lot of black people die just because of the sheer numbers. I bet we can find more lesbians dying among black people just because more black people die in general. You know what I mean? It's just sheer probability, you know? So it's like when they do mention us, it's not that they mention us to champion black people the way that we do. When we mention uh, black gays, we mention black gays, we're highlighting, Hey, you know, this guy is black, but he's also gay. And him being gay is causing him extra problems. What they do is they say, Hey, this gay person, he's black and he's dying because he's gay. Yeah, they use yeah. it to signal boost yeah. back on
3: themselves. So the blackness blackness is secondary to the to the gayness.
4: Yes. It's secondary to every like even if even if they want to break it on a gender thing, whatever it is or you know like okay like he's like he was no like he like T was saying with the immigration thing, you know, you got you got these black people that are willing to go out there and hitch 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 the hitch, you know, our star, our wagon to that, you know, our star to that particular wagon of uh immigration where, you know, when you talk about numbers, it's probably overwhelmingly not black people that are affected by DACA, even though there's some. But they wanna, you know, use that as a point of emphasis to get I don't know why it works that way. I think we talked about that before. Because we can't seem to get that kind of traction for ourselves, but when you want to throw blackness in with, you know, uh, LGBT or uh, uh, immigration or whatever, then it, it it takes off. But we can't seem to kind of get that traction yep. for our own I- our specific black issues.
3: Yeah, man, that, that's that's so funny that you say that. It, 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 you could look at that from every perspective, Man, I remember. Um, I tell you guys this all the time. Some of the stiffest opposition that we have um, when we try to do some of the stuff we do has, has come from other black people saying that we're being discriminatory. Like they say, you need to be, you're trying to be an exclusive group. You need to be more inclusive. This comes from, from black people saying this, you know, we're trying to do things for black kids and things like that. So I don't know where that mentality comes from. It's been somehow it's been domesticated into us. And, um, you know, we we as a group seem to always look out for everyone's best interest, but ours, man, it's, well, it's really in the phenomena.
2: Well, I think, you know, America is very used to devaluing uh, black people and we kind of have bought into it. Whereas even if we don't fully, mm-hmm. fully believe it ourselves, I mean, I think to a degree, a lot of us do believe it. But even if we don't believe it ourselves, because we're so conscious of the fact that everyone else believes it. We realize, okay, if we say, "Hey, this is something for black people," people are gonna tune out. Like like so I think part of it is almost like, for practical reasons, we realize if we don't create an umbrella and just make it black, no one's gonna give a fuck. Because think about what we call our movement. It's called civil rights. Like what is that? What's a civil right? It doesn't even mean anything. Why is it not black rights? Everyone else has women's rights gay rights but with black people we it's, you know it's for everybody
4: yeah civil rights is for everybody yeah, yeah. because once they implemented civil rights you know everybody came in and got them but us which is funny
3: because let me just say this real quick which is funny that that term would be so ambiguous when it was very specific language that was used uh in in Jim Crow you know when when discrimination was legal. exactly it wasn't no it wasn't no yeah about that man it was that's a great well, exactly. point what they were fighting
2: against was specifically discriminating against blacks but they tried to make it big I mean you even see it like like look at look at the movement that we had that did have black in it like black power like look look how it triggered people once you mm-hmm. called it black power they yeah. they destroyed they destroyed that you know civil rights. Like, like the word black just triggers a lot of white American people. It's it's something.
4: It, it triggers a lot of black people. Yeah, yeah. It, triggers, it triggers a lot of black people because they got a, a lot of black people got black. You know, they did that little thing where, you, where they showed how many black friends a white person might have versus how many white friends a black person might have. And, you know, just by. You know, our numbers within the population, we are more apt to know more white people and be on friendly terms with white people than vice versa. So, and and like, we have internalized this thing where we're scared of possibly offending or alienating our our white friends. And, and like, I feel like if you're my friend, I can I can speak the truth, and if it offends you. And you don't want to, you know, you can't, you don't want to mess with me anymore than you you weren't my friend in the first place.
2: Yeah, I think I think also, um, and this is something that I think we don't admit enough, but I think a lot of Black people are scared of losing sexual access to white people. And, uh, Bingo. Yeah, and I think that's another thing. If I rock the boat, it's going to be, you know, I want to believe in this post-racial world because. If, you know, we don't push that narrative, it's going to ruin, you know, this thing I have going where I can sleep with a
4: lot of. Hey, how much of that? <laughs> how much of that is a is like a false fear? Because, you know, you look at some of these most the most prominent pro black type dudes and stuff. And you see them with white chicks a lot of times. And, you know, not just
2: that. I'll take it even further. Um, I think it's an unbased. I think it's an unbased fear because if if white people if black people en masse denied white people sexual access that would be the end of us i'll take it what do you mean like they would be done with us they would they would i think if we say all every black person got together and said you know what when no black person is going to give, um, going to give sexual access to white people. I mean, give white people sexual access to us from now on. You know, kind of like what was it, Lysistrata or something? What, what's that? The one that they based Chirac on? That, that Greek play, Lys uh, Lysistrata. You know, which is where all the women mm. said we're not going to have sex mm. with uh, the men until you know they stop fighting or whatever. Say, like, you know, we, we won't even get to punish white people, but say, like, you know, all black people say, you know what? No more sexual access to white people. We're just going to uh, sleep with each other and maybe non-white people. I think white people would actually get very angry and I think it would get, it would get violent. I think they would. Yeah. I think, I think you, think. you feel like they're that entitled? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think we've played that role for them. We've We've been their sexual access since we've been here. They, they, they have a certain attachment you know to it. I think it would be the end of us. That's why I think these people are unfounded in their fear of losing access to white people because I don't think they ever want to lose access uh, to us. They count on us for their gutter sex or
4: for whatever we are. Well, I think if you combine that with maybe mm-hmm. cultural access because a lot of American culture is really... Just derivative of uh, black culture I think if we gave them I think we
2: gave them all our culture but denied the sex um they would start they, they would, would start writing I, I think you would see the most widespread violence <laughs> against black people you've ever seen in, in history
4: <laughs> really wow yeah I mean that's, you know, a, that's I was a, thinking
3: a, about back to an earlier episode of the show that we did where we had a conversation about plantation sex. And it wasn't specifically about plantation sex. That was just the title of the show. But you you were talking about um, some of your past interactions with black women that have dated white guys. And I was thinking specifically about this one incident where uh, you had stated that one of the white guys that she had dated said, you know, uh, where's your black boyfriend? Where's your black boyfriend? Where's your. But no, 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 I'm 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 mixing them up. You said that the, the dude was he kept hitting on her. And then finally he just said, Fine then go be with him and, and have crack addicted babies or whatever. Yeah. You know, so that yeah. was a very visceral reaction to her denying him the Access, yeah. so you may not be too far off because I, I thought about that. When and, really, and, and
2: actually, actually, you know what? I I think I didn't co-sign the word, but now that I think about it, you are right to use the word entitled, Mike. Yeah, I think they do feel entitled to us. I think there's a certain entitlement to the black body. Oh, was it you, Mario, that said to use the word entitled? Uh well, whoever used the word entitled, uh, whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah, whoever used the word entitled, I think was right that there's a certain sense of entitlement to our bodies, and I think. You know, I mean, first of all, you would never get black people to um, <laughs> sexually not not want access to, to, to white people because we yeah that's, we, a, we, we, that's the hilarious part right yeah yeah we live we live for white validation it's just how we're programmed but but I think we underestimate how important access how much in reverse it is we don't we, we really underestimate the extent see like they don't show in as much because they've never had trouble getting it so so mm. we think that it's a one-way street but we have n- no idea how much they downright like depend on it and feel entitled and expect it it's you know and um yeah i mean
4: so even if they didn't want it if one day they woke up and found out that there was no way that they could have it because it just wasn't going to happen you think that would cause some type of physical they, they would never not want it I don't think it's
2: even fathomable that they wouldn't want to sex with black people. I mean, I mean, from the slave ships. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's, oh man, I'm going to get into a lot of trouble, but I've already walked, I've, I've already thrown open the hash. Um, the, yeah, um, like, if you really look at how they depict us, I mean, all the dirty Sexual stuff, you know, it's a great movie, Angel Heart. This is good because it's fresh in my head. And that movie, like, it's one of those great movies because it really tells on itself. But it's like he has sex with a white woman in that movie, right? And she happens to be a librarian, she's wearing glasses and she's helping him with the case. And it's dry and clinical, yeah. But then when he has sex with uh Lisa Bonet, Mm -hmm. I mean. It's like filthy animalistic nasty filthy and what most people will take away yeah and what most people will take away from that right is that he's saying that white people are pure and that um you know black people are animalistic or whatever but when you look at the movie on a deeper level what's really kind of being said right it's kind of really a critique on the uh, white person. And what I mean by that is, the guy turns out to be a demon himself. That's the irony of the movie. He's actually the demonic one. Uh, And and they make it literal. But what he's doing is he's projecting all that onto her. He's making it so that he can say it's really in her. You know, all this lust, all that I have. That's the whole point of the whole Jezebel Stereotype or the oversexed black woman, like you have this like, disgusting dark side in you, and you want to believe that the black people are the ones who have it and they're bringing it out in you, you know? Whether it's Mighty Cyrus, like, hey, I want to act out and be crazy, but I'm going to be around black people to do it. So now to pretend, oh, it's hanging around the Negras that made me bad. She won't just do it with white people, you know, but, but they're not making her bad. She's the one who's hiring them. It's not like they went and found her and corrupted her, you know, but she gets to go be around them. It's an old trope like, oh, the black people made me uh, do it. They made me do all this stuff yeah. I wanted to do, but you made them do it,
4: you know. You went to the slum in order to slum.
2: Yeah, and you made them into what they are. You raped, degraded, and this is the only thing that you let them be. Whenever whenever they tried to be anything else, you destroyed them. You know, you burned down their towns. But this is the one thing you let them be and you encouraged them to be. And now you're going to blame them for making for supposedly influencing you. Like like you did all your gunner sucks with them and programmed them with all types of dysfunctional behaviors. That's the only thing you'll let them do. You only let them be sex workers in the Jim Crow South. And you went and slummed there and you had the quadroon balls with, you have a long history of just turning these people into filthy vessels for all the slummy stuff you don't want to do with your prized uh, white woman. And then now you're going to pretend that they dragged it out in you. And that was what was happening in Angel Heart. He, um, he, he, Acted like Lisa Bonet was corrupting him when he was actually um, the depraved one. She turned out to be his daughter. His daughter. Yeah, it was a very and, and yeah. So like, I don't think they'll ever not. I don't think they'll ever want to not have sex with us uh, because, I mean, they lie to us and tell us. They they act like you know they find us um, ugly. They've always done that, but you know like like. Why are there so many light nice skin people? They clearly couldn't keep the dick out of, out of the female slaves. You know what I mean? I mean the evidence is like right there. There shouldn't be all these high yellow people if it was, you know, they're risking their marriage. <laughs> Has there ever been? A, What's that?
3: point? Has there ever been a, a sex scene depicted between a black woman and a white man, or a, a black male and a white woman? Has there ever been a tasteful sex scene depicted in, in a mainstream Hollywood film? That's a great point. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I cannot think of a single one off the top of my head that you could say. Uh,
4: you know yeah, that the
2: Monsters, Monster's Ball, and... Halle Berry has been uh, in a bunch of them. I saw, I saw an article and I didn't realize wow. how many degraded scenes uh Halle Berry has. Okay, but, but but look look at even in real life. Uh, uh, uh she had a degraded scene. We brought this up on the show before. She had a degraded scene in um Monster's Ball. That's what they give her the Oscar for, right? Not anything else that she did. But uh, the following year after the Oscar, like, Adrian Brody, like, you know, like I said before, with the audience, he just helps himself to uh, tongue her down. Like, can you imagine if he did that to Jennifer um, Lawrence or, you know, Emma Stone or, like, a precious white woman, you know? Like, like he just felt entitled to um, – Take her kiss, married and all, like you know. Picture he did that. Picture he did that to a Ryan Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling's wife. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't done, done that to another white man or to to a white woman. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they,
4: they. I do remember talking about that. Yeah. Oh, that was. You know what? You know, I, it's like you know. On, on on one hand, you talk about this, and you when you say it like how you say it, it makes total sense. But then it's like you go away. And then you're watching this, and it's just like another another thing. It's like, for some reason, it just it's very normalized, like okay or normal in your mind until you no, really sit no, down and no. think about it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense what I'm what I'm saying.
3: I didn't mean to cut. I was gonna say, imagine if Daniel Kaluuya won Best Actor for Get Out, and then he gets up there, tongues down. Uh, who's a married? Uh, uh, Highly valued white actress? I'm just trying to think right now. Let's say, uh, um, I think right now Jennifer Lawrence. I think Jennifer
2: Lawrence is uh, yeah. right now. But I'm not even
4: not even married. Just uh, just just white. If it was just a white young white girl like Jennifer Lawrence who's his pop, or say like a, even like a um a Scarlett Johansson or he anybody. Oh yeah, it God. was just if he just walked up on stage and. Just like, hey, wow, let me throw my tongue down your throat real quick. And they'd be like, oh, who do you think he is? What do you, you know, it'd have been like rape culture that it, you you would have had no shortage of black women going along. With let's it. not say,
2: yeah, yeah, let's not say
4: black, oh, not, yeah. not black women, not black women, these fake intersectional, online Twitter intersectional, feminist, blavity, yeah, intersectional
2: mm-hmm.
4: scumbag, wow. <laughs> But yeah, to what Mario was saying, continue, bro. I was sitting here thinking though, like, damn, man, like I can't think
3: of a single scene where it's just been, you know, just just a straight regular love scene. Like a lovely, I was of-
4: making love to you, yeah. the one you love type of scene. Like have it you there's always seen some type of degrading? Yeah, with the, uh, 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 uh Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer, right, and
3: Julia Stiles. Remember that scene in the movie where they're, yeah. they're having sex, and it starts off as a normal sex scene, but then it turns into like a damn near like a rape yeah. scene halfway in. Yeah. I because fa- he's having flashbacks. No, the
4: movie was- oh,
3: I forgot that. I have to re-watch be, be that because I've, I've the- yeah, I I watched it. Yeah, that's very
2: curious. That's a good, that's a good, uh, I have to watch that again. I want to see, I want to see that, yeah. So you know, it's a it's a. I want to add one more thing to go back to the original. Are you guys still there? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Younger? Cool. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the original article for a section. I mean, first for a second about the people, the black lesbians. Something else. Yeah. Something else that you can you can really see is online these intersectional feminists, they always say, um, when people talk about race first, whatever, they always say, oh, there you go with that race first stuff. Well, even just thing, I'm black and I'm a woman and I'm um, queer and and I'm not going, it's not fair to ask me to choose um, any one side of myself. Or, and for the ones who aren't queer, they just say, no, I'm black and I'm a woman and it's not fair for you to call me, to tell me to be race first because you asking me to choose One part of my identity over the other. And that's not that's not right. You're devaluing, you know, I'm both, and I'm going to equally both. But it's a load of shit, and I'll tell you why, because you can just call yourself intersectional or something, but you guys call yourselves intersectional feminists. That's making a choice right there. You're not saying intersect because you can say, for example, you're both black and a woman. You can call yourself intersectional anti-racist, right? Or you can just say intersectional, which you know doesn't have the modifier of either feminist or anti-racist. So by just saying intersectional, then you know you could say, well, I mean I don't call myself a feminist. I don't call myself an anti-racist. I just call myself intersectional. And that covers everything. But they call themselves intersectional feminists. Like intersectional is the modifier. Feminist is the actual um, noun. So You've told on yourself just by that. You're a type of feminism that just happens to intersect with other things. Like that title alone is be is um yeah. It's like throwing, it's
4: like throwing that in front of a hey, I'm an intersectional clansman. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I'm an intersection. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid. It, it, yeah. Exactly. And
2: it's an it's, intersectional it's clansman. Hey. So. Are you putting your whiteness above you know everything else? Oh no, I would never choose my whiteness. Well, why would you think that? You know, <laughs> but they're an intersectional clansmen, like you know, like yeah, I'm not just putting whiteness because you know I'm white, but I'm also poor and I'm also um, you know this and that, you know. But you call yourself an intersectional clansman, yeah. What's your point? Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's 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 just and and that's that's fine if you want to do that, but just say you're doing it. Just say that you're. A woman first, or whatever first, you know, just 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 say it. Yeah. No yeah. I'm not I'm not saying this to tell you not to do it, but at least I know who I'm dealing with. If you're honest yeah. about it, like like don't 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 just lie and tell me that you're weighing that you're fighting on my side and that you're weighing everything equally. You're not.
3: Somebody had a saying that I saw in, uh, online somewhere where they said, before your mama knew you was gonna be a woman, a man, or a gay, she knew you were gonna be black. Yep, and, I, and that's that's hey. a perfect rebuttal to any of those claims, you know. Uh, so, and
2: and, yeah. and I saw I saw a black woman. Actually, it was Aki. I saw Aki pose a question, and she's a black woman herself. She posed a question to one of the intersectional feminists. She's like, you know, if you think you know it's all equal or that gender uh that gender's worse, what would you rather be? Uh, would you rather be a white woman? Wait, to make your life easier, why would you rather be to make your life easier? A white woman or a black man? And either they never answered, or some of them even you know had to say, like, you know, a white woman make my life easier. You know? Yeah.
4: No, it was crickets, dude. It was crickets for that for the most part on that uh, tweet. Wow. I remember yeah, that one did. too.
2: Nobody it answered. Cr- I think nobody answered it, right?
4: Wow. No, I didn't I don't think I remember seeing one response to that. Not uh, a, a response from a woman. A black woman, or any, or any other woman, I it was some dudes like, yeah, there you go, you got them, but there was no uh, anybody stepping up to that challenge.
3: Yeah,
2: and that that says it all.
4: That, that question uh, like
2: like picture I said, hey, uh, I'm an intersectional MRA and told people, hey, I'm, I'm and expect <laughs> expect people to believe that I'm weighing everything uh, equally, you know. So I'm saying, hey, if intersectional just means that you're weighing class, race. Um, gender and sexuality. Then basically, any of us can be intersectional. Like, why do they when you get it? So, like, so, like, yeah. why can't we call ourselves intersectional anti-racists? Like, I think we should start start that movement. I'm gonna start saying, you know,
4: well, that's what I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an intersectional anti-racist.
2: So we are yep. intersectional. We are now declaring that we are mm-hmm. now intersectional.
4: We are we are working. We you know on, on, on terms of class race, class, race, gender, sexuality, everything. You know, We're at the cusp of all that. and you know, Yeah,
2: because our analysis yeah. takes it, into you know. account cl- class, gender, and all that stuff. We just come to a different conclusion than they do. So now, whenever somebody tells me, yeah. hey, uh, why don't you try to have intersectional analysis? So I'll be like, hey, I do have intersectional analysis. So my, I have intersectional anti-racist analysis. You know?
3: And we put it in context.
2: Yeah, there you go. I weighed there, context, con, 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 con.
4: All
2: right, man. I, I'm,
4: I'm done.
2: I'm done on that note. I can't. I can't add anything, can't add anything to that. So if you guys want to, if you guys want to
3: take us out, man, I'll let you guys uh take us out on that one oh man no it's been a it's been a blast go ahead brother you guys and chopping it up about these issues man i just say that you know uh it just goes to show that you know people will do anything they can to grab that mic and have their moment man it's like that kanye west grabbing the mic from taylor swift you know back in the day and and saying you know i'm gonna let you speak but let me you know and they want to get all those issues in man so whether it's um black women talking about all the black women that are getting killed and, and taking the time to discuss that when it's the black men who are really being killed. Now it's the the LGBT portion of that community doing the same thing, trying to get their five minutes of fame in. And, and so um you know everybody's always trying to grab that mic, man. You know.
4: Yeah. And I and I I would just add there's no shortage of uh, white liberals That want to kind of Egg on and facilitate this divide This gender divide Between black men and black women And um, I, You know it's disturbing to me As As disturbing as it is What's more disturbing is how many uh, From my perspective I see a lot of You know A lot of black women falling for it You know what I mean Men too Yeah, but all for it, they're falling for it on that same, you know, on the on on that same line of trying to make it seem like the black women are bearing the brunt of the abuse and, uh, you know, contention, you know, of white supremacy in the society. Which we know. Like black women are the boss. They, I mean, they're you know they're the leaders. They're taking the lead. Listen to black women do this. There's no shortage of of you know like yeah you're right. No shortage of of, of black men, black women, and white liberals who are pandering to this, you know,
3: cause there's a white liberal behind all that. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've just always just dealing with everything that I've dealt, with, and I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um uh, there's always been. Behind all the 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 uh the, I'm going just say obstruction because that's pretty much not what well, I will not say obstruct but all of the efforts to stifle what we do that come from black people is almost always a white person behind it every single time it, there's been not a single exception yet mm,
2: I'm going to so I,
3: go
2: I'm going to add something I heard from Nene fuller that perfectly ties into mm. that. Uh yeah. Last week, I heard Nene Fuller say um, the genius of white supremacists is that they find a way to be on both sides of every debate. Okay. So that, mm. so that no, no matter who wins,
1: mm. they win. Since a lot of white supremacists now are using the term themselves now, I mean, and uh, some of them saying that they are for it, some of them saying that they're against it, and I'll get to that later. Because there's another thing that I want to point out. While all of this is going on, you have to remember, and I'm going to say this right now, I mean, because I might forget it, forget to say it later on. The white supremacists of this world always see to it that they position themselves on every side of every argument. That's how you become a master confuser. I'm going to say it again. The white supremacists who are the best governors, as far as power is concerned, that the world has ever seen. They are the most efficient government that the world has ever seen. Part of that government, part of the government strategy that they use, because we're in a war now, We have always been in a war, because white supremacy is war, all right? They see to it that they position themselves on, since we have heard terms like both sides, this side, that side, alt-right, alt-left, talking about sides. No, the system of white supremacy takes all sides of every argument, but they do it in such a way that when all the talk stops, the system of white supremacy comes out stronger than any side, because they have positioned themselves on every side of every argument strategically. That's a part of their strategy. Yes, sir. I want to say that. I want want that to be embedded in people's minds. See you know, I've been out here talking for many, many decades and I I'm I'm a point to the code book and whatnot, but this is not in the code book, I don't think. But I wanna say this. I wanna make this very clear on this program on Talk Tame and Radio August the what's today's date? 16th. Yes, sir. Twenty seventeen? Yes, sir. Watch for it, folks. These white supremacists who are the best strategists when it comes to dominating and misusing people that the world has ever seen always position themselves on every side of every argument. And they, on the surface, look like they're going at each other. And sometimes they go at each other to the extent that they kill each other. Wow. All right? Yes, sir. They don't mind doing that See, because they are a criminal organization. And just like any criminal organization, I mean, in history, they argue among themselves to the extent that they even fight each other on a wholesale basis in order to maintain the system. Uh, that's the whole objective. And they will go to the extent of actually slaughtering each other, not just a few people here and there and a few people there. They will slaughter each other in mass. They don't care about that as long as the system remains intact in any big event where non-white people are involved. The white supremacists have positioned themselves in every position that you can name. They are, they are everywhere, all the time, simultaneously. You don't have to go somewhere trying to look for them here and look for them there. They are always everywhere. There's never a
2: side that they're not uh that don't they don't have a stake or a, a horse in.
3: Absolutely, man. Thanks guys, man. Hope you guys have a good night, man. Get your rest. And we'll do it again next week. Hey fam, what's
2: up? This is T. And I'm adding a little addendum to this episode. This episode was recorded and wrapped up on February 11th. Right now, as I'm recording this, is February 14th. I was wrapping up. Actually, I did wrap up the editing and production of this episode and was about to publish it. And just out of curiosity, I did a search on the final lesbian of the story who did not have a clear motive for her death, Curvice Lewis, the one that we were speculating on on her death. She was shot 15 times and left to burn alive in the car. And we had speculated that it did not sound just based on, you know, how the street works and things that, you know, you know about how street killings work. It did not sound like a hate crime but a retribution or crime of passion or a message sending crime maybe involving money and anyway on a hunch uh before publishing i checked one more time for an update and it turned out yesterday the 13th the case was basically cracked they we already discovered over the weekend that there was an arrest a month after the story occurred like i said we were sitting on the story for um a month before we did the episode and the timing and the delay ended up working out. And we, and we found out today that a motive was finally given. So I'm going to put the article in the show notes, but let me just read it real quick. The p- relevant paragraphs. The murders of three people found dead in the D.C. area on the same day in December are believed to be linked after police say they were all involved in a credit card scam with another man. On December 28, police in Prince George's County and Washington, D.C. investigated three different killings within an eight-hour span. Armani Nico Coles was found dead in the roadway just off of busy Interstate 295 in Maryland. Carice K.K. Lewis, who is the lesbian in question, was found shot inside a burning car in a southeast D.C. alley, and Ron J. Green was found dead in a 7-Eleven parking lot in northeast D.C. According to court documents, Lewis was shot 15 times and left for dead inside of a locked trunk of the vehicle. In the 10-page affidavit, it says multiple witnesses came forward to police to report that Lewis, Coles, and Green were involved in a credit card scheme with Dennis Whitaker, who thought he was being set up for a robbery, and decided to take the three associates out. So, there you go. And, yeah, that's basically it. I thought it was worth adding. It was very relevant and puts ties a nice bow on the episode. So, yeah, I mean, sorry to hear what happened to their families. It's a tragic thing, but it's important to put these things in context. And thanks for listening, and we will do it again soon. Take care, everyone.
0: I spent looking at my phone, time spent sitting